Thank you, Parker and choir and instrumentalists for lovely and fitting worship this morning. Turn in your copy of God's Word to the 13th song of the Psalter, Psalm 13. A pastor tells a story of visiting the hospital. He says, I didn't even know the lady. I didn't even know I was going to encounter her. But I went down the corridor and I saw her. Her head was against the door. Her fists were right up by her face and she was pounding on the door. Let me in, let me in, let me in. I couldn't imagine someone locking her out of a room at the hospital. Well, I got there and saw that it was the chapel that was locked. I said to the lady, let me help you. I was sure it couldn't be locked. After all, it was a chapel, the pastor says. So I reached down to turn the knob, but it wouldn't twist. And so I stopped a worker and I said, hey, the chapel's locked. What's going on here? She said, well, we have to keep it locked. A few years ago, some kids got in there and they just, well, they tore the place up. We had to get all new furniture. We had to repaint the whole thing. And so now, now we just have to keep it locked. That's the way that it is. Well, well, find someone with the key, could you? She came back a bit later with another woman who opened the door for us. And the woman and I went in. The pastor says she's about 40. She had that look of desperation. I could tell that she had not come to the hospital with any planning. Why, the dress that she was wearing was not normally a public wear type dress. She had no shoes, just scuffs. Her hair was not combed, no makeup. She had the look of desperation. She had the voice of desperation. I couldn't tell if she was screaming or crying or moaning or what it was, but it was desperation. Strange sounds coming out of her mouth, but I could hear a little bit. I could make out just a little bit. He's going to die. I know he's going to die. He is going to die. Who, I ask? My husband, she replied. What's the matter? He's had a heart attack. Can I get you some water? The pastor offered, no, no, no water. I told her, the pastor writes, that I, I was a pastor, and can I pray with you? And she said, please, please. Pastor writes in his journal, I started to pray for her, to pray for her husband, and she interrupted me. She didn't just interrupt me, she took over my prayer. I think maybe I was praying too quiet or too slow or, well, I don't know. I wasn't saying the right words. He says my prayer wasn't getting it done, and she could tell, and so she just took over over. She said, Lord, this is not the time to take my husband. You know better than I do. He's not ready. He never prays. He never goes to church. Nothing, Lord. Nothing. Don't take him now. And what about me? How will I ever raise these kids? I can't get a job that pays anything. Why, I quit school to bury him. If I knew you were going to pull this one, Lord, I would have stayed in school and gotten a good job. And, and Lord, the kids, they don't mind me now with him around. Can you imagine? They will be as wild as bucks if you take him. No, Lord, no. Do not take my husband. Whew, the pastor said. 
pastor stayed as long as he felt useful, which wasn't all that long. And, well, he went back the next morning to check on her. And she had on a nice dress, and her hair was combed. And, well, she had on real shoes, and she was in the hallway right outside of intensive care. Before he could even ask, she said, he's better. He's lots better. She smiled and said, I am so sorry about that crazy lady I was yesterday. Well, said the pastor, you weren't all that crazy. Well, I guess he heard one of us, the woman said. <laughs> the pastor said, I think he heard you. She was desperate. She had God by the lapels both hands and screaming in God's face, I don't think you're listening, God. When you look at the Psalter, the songbook of the ancient people, there are certainly some songs of happiness in there, some songs of thanksgiving. There's some songs that say, Shout fully to God all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Make his glorious praise. Say to God, How awesome are your works, Psalms 66. And there are some songs that say, Psalm 116, I love the Lord because he hears my voice. And answers my prayers because he has leaned his ear toward me. There's some happy songs, but there's some other kinds of songs too. In fact, there are songs that say, I used to sing with joy. Psalm 42 says, For I used to go along with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with a voice of joy and thanksgiving. But now, now as a deer pants for the water, oh, my soul pants for God. He's thirsty for God. He thirsts for the living God because his tears, he says, have been his food day and night. And he wonders, verse 3, and all around him wonder, where is my God? God, have you forgotten me? Psalm 42. God, yes, God has forgotten me, he says. Oh, yes, there are some songs in the ancient songbook. There are songs of joy and praise to God. But there are some songs that sound like that woman in the hospital. Sound like you're being honest with God and telling him exactly like it is in your life. Because you know he knows what we're thinking already. There are summer songs in the songbook that everything that has breath, praise the Lord. But there are winter songs too. Out of the depths I have cried out to thee Oh, God, those times when the psalmist feels like God has forgotten him. Psalm 77, the psalmist says, God, you have rejected me. Those times when it, it seems like God's not listening. I cry out, I cry out by day, I cry out at night. Let my prayer come before you. Lean your ear to me, Psalm 88. In fact, the psalmist is in the midst of worship when he's singing his despair. In fact, we're given tune instructions to these songs. They weren't just private songs of anguish. They were 
corporate worship, community songs of lament. God, I'm crying out by day and by night, but you're not listening. Or Psalm 99, the psalmist says, Oh God, please stop being silent. These are prayers of lament, prayers of a tormented soul, prayers of a troubled heart, prayers of a tortured mind, crying out to God, and yet God does not answer, crying out to God, and yet God does not listen. And so you sing the winter song of Psalm 130, out of the depths I have cried to you, oh Lord. Jesus knew the lament psalms, didn't he? What was the last song he sang before he died? Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The song continues, and Jesus knew all of them when he said those words, why are you so far from saving me, so far from the words of my groaning as he groaned on the cross? They're winter songs. Athanasius, a fourth century church leader, said that the psalms are kind of like a mirror. If we're happy, we can find those happy songs, and they reflect our attitude in if we're lamenting, if we're troubled, then we can find those songs that reflect our trouble, our lament. David and the other songwriters lamented their sins. They lamented the tragedies that happened to them. They protested the troubles of life. They lamented their enemies' success. They expressed anger about their enemies to God. The psalmist knew how to lament. We must learn how to lament. Someone said that true religion in America today is the religion of optimism and denial. The religion of optimism and denial. You could have turned on the television this morning and found him preaching. He preaches the same message every single Sunday. It's the be happy sermon. And sometimes you wonder exactly which book is he reading? The news from those of us who live in real life is that all of life is not joy. Life is despair and life is death. First Baptist Amarillo, three deaths, three funerals last week. Life is chaos, life is sorrow, life is confusion, and life is sometimes a tortured soul. Sometimes the most popular preachers are those who preach the power of positive thought. But those preachers have not read the majority of the songbook apparently. We are sometimes made to feel shamed because we don't feel like singing the happy song. Sometimes we're made to feel like we ought to be embarrassed over our darker feelings and we, we need to cover them up, but that's not what happens when ancient Israel worship. The first words I want you to see, number one, how long? Look at Psalm 13. 
How long, oh Lord, how long, how long, how long? Those first two verses, four times we have the words, how long? And there's a companion question with the question, how long, in each of the incidences. God, how long are you going to forget me? That's tough to feel forgotten by God. The second question, God, how long are you going to hide your face from me? That's tough. Think you're praying to God and he's turning his face the other way? How long, the third question, oh Lord, am I going to have this painful, sorrowful soul? And then finally, how long is my enemy going to do better than I? How long? Along with this song of the soul, there are others. Psalm 10 asks, O Lord, why are you standing so far off? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? Psalm 22 says, O my God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer by night, and you are silent. These songs even have some hard words against the enemies of the songwriter. May those who seek my life be disgraced and put to shame. May those who plot my ruin be turned back to dismay. Psalm 35. And there's another song that says, smash their teeth out, Lord. Smash their teeth out. Have you read those songs? Dan, we don't sing those songs a lot. It's an open and honest venting to God. All of life is a mixture. All of life is joy and sorrow. Think of the most joyous event in all of Scripture. Or, well, to me, it's the Christmas story. It's the birth of the Bethlehem baby. In fact, it is the story of joy. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which is for all people everywhere. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Glory to the God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Can you think of any more joyful event in Scripture than that? The coming of the Christ? Any sorrow in that story? Matthew tells us about the Magi who come from the east, who follow a star to Jesus. They stop in Jerusalem for directions. They ask Herod and company where the new king was to be born, and Herod is paranoid, even though it's a baby, why I'm the king, and I may want to reign a lot longer, and so he's paranoid, and he calls his scholars together, and he asks them, where is the Messiah supposed to be born, and they know the right answer. They say, it's Bethlehem, and so Herod poses with his pious face and says to the Magi, hey, when you find him, I want to worship him too. I'm in on this new king thing. Just send me the word and I'll go and worship him. Of course, his intent was to go and kill the, the Christ child, the threatening king. And the Magi are warned in a dream not to go back to Herod. And so they go home another way. And Herod flies into a fit of rage. And therefore, since he doesn't know which baby boy, he orders all the baby boys and the environs of Bethlehem, two years of age and younger, to be slaughtered by the sword. Yeah. Even the Christmas story 
those cries, cries of sorrowing, mothers lifted to God. In fact, Matthew tells us, it's a passage from Jeremiah, but Matthew records it in the Christmas story. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning. Rachel is weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. Now, I don't think that part made it into a single Christmas carol that I've ever heard. Life is an odd mixture. Ann Weems is a Christian author, and Pastor Mark Abbott tells her story. She loses her 21-year-old son in tragic circumstances, and she's devastated. She writes, the stars fell from my sky, as it would be with any of us. And the caring people, she said, did all that caring people can do, but it wasn't enough. One of her friends, who's a Bible scholar, was writing a commentary on the prophet, the lamenting prophet Jeremiah, and said, well, why don't you be like Jeremiah? Why don't you be like the psalmist? Why don't you just write down your own song to God? And, and so she did an honest song. Oh, God, what am I going to do? He's gone. I'm left with an empty pit in my life. How could you have allowed this to happen? I thought you protected your own. You are the power, but you didn't use it. You are the glory, but there's no glory in his death. You are justice and mercy, yet there was no justice and mercy for my son. Sometimes lament is the only way to pray. How else do you pray when you get the news your husband or wife is leaving you? How else do you pray when the loved one is caught by cancer or robbed of his mind by Alzheimer's disease? How else do you pray when the petitions for healing seem to go unanswered? How else do you pray when you discover an innocent child is abused? How else do you pray when life has spiraled out of control and you're sinking into depression? How else do you pray when you keep applying for the jobs and the calls don't come back? How else do you pray when the pregnancy test doesn't deliver the news you're looking for? Sometimes... I think we feel an, an, an unnecessary burden to clean up our prayers. You think God didn't know what you were thinking? Do you think you can clean them up and cover it up from Him? The second thing I want you to see, the movement of this song, is look on me, three and four. Look at 3 and 4. Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Enlighten my eyes. I shall sleep the sleep of death. Lest the enemy say I have overcome him. Lest my adversaries rejoice when I am shaken. Look on me. Answer me. The second words are look on me. I don't know what's bothering David. But whatever it is, he's lamenting. And the midst of the deep desire, a desperation to turn toward God, and there is a hope there. A hope that God is listening. A hope that God has not forgotten him. A hope that God is there to help. 
That's where the psalmist was when he sang these songs. Maybe that's where you are this morning. Here's a third word, I will sing. Look at five and six. But I have trusted in thy loving kindness. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. I will sing. The final movement in David's song, David's lament. David returns to trust away from trouble. That's the third movement. David sings, notice at the end, he sings, but I, I have, I've trusted in your loving kindness and my heart shall rejoice at your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because you have dealt bountifully with me. Remember I told you about Ann Weems who's, son died in tragic circumstances i read you her song remember her questions god how could you have allowed this to happen i thought you protected your own you are power but you didn't use it listen to how her song ends Oh, Holy One, I am confident that you will save me. You are the power and the glory. You are justice and mercy. You are my God forever. Sometimes the songs don't end as tidy. I mean, Psalm 13 is tidy. He starts out in despair. He asks God to to listen to him, and it ends up, and he's re-trusting God. Sometimes we have despair and trust, despair again, and then trust again, and that's the way life is, isn't it? Sometimes they're the summer songs, and sometimes they're the winter songs. Sometimes there's a Psalm 42 where he says, Lord, I want to hope in you again. I want to believe in you again. And then he ends by saying, hope in God, for I will praise him. Even the weeping prophet of Lamentations finally declares, God, your steadfast love is forever. Great is thy faithfulness. Does God seem awfully far away for you this morning? Does it seem like he refuses to answer? Is God silent? Do you feel like he's turned his ear away from you this morning? Is it that feeling deep down that his favor no longer shines upon you? you're having those feelings so did David so did Jeremiah listen to Psalm 42 as a deer pants for the water brooks oh my soul pants for you oh God my soul thirsts for God for the living God when I shall come and appear before God my tears my tears have been my food day and night. 
While they say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember and I pour out my soul within me. For I used to go along with the throng and lead them procession of the house of God. With a voice of joy and thanksgiving and a multitude keeping the festival. Where are you in despair, O my soul? And why have you become so disturbed within me? Hope in God, for I shall praise him for the help of his presence. I will say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? And I, I will do mourning because of the oppression of the enemy and the shattering of my bones and the adversaries revile me. And they shall say to me all day long, where is your God? And why are you in despair, O my soul? And why have you become disturbed within me, hoping God? And yet, and yet, and yet I shall praise him. The help of my countenance and my God. Let us pray. Oh God, some of us come today with broken hearts, broken bodies, broken minds, and broken emotions. But may we, like the psalmist, come to you honestly. May we, like the psalmist, come to you just as we are. We worship you this morning without pretense, for were we to force a smile, you would know what was in our soul already. Oh God, can we come to worship without cover-up? Can we even come in the depths of our sorrow? And oh God... Thank you for hearing the cries of your people. And you know, you know we want to sing the songs of joy again. Amen.